Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, hosted by Justin Bradford and Matt Best. Hello and welcome to Triple P, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys. Oh, look at you having a beverage. I didn't know it was beverage night. Justin Bradford, Matt Best. I'm having a Blackstone Pumpkin Ale. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a Mountain Dew because I'm 17 years old. How about your Mountain Don't? <laughs> and that's the show. <laughs> also, it is 10.15 p.m. Yeah, I had, a, time. I had a coffee like, I don't know, maybe a couple hours ago. Have you? I went for sushi today. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get to hockey in a minute. I went for sushi today, and I sat in bed after, and I was like, I'm just going to have a couple minutes here sitting down, and I've been watching this show called Barry, and I was like, I'll turn on an episode of Barry. I fell asleep within, like, three minutes, and I had a coffee, like, I bought from Tim's, so I had to heat it up. I wasn't going to waste the Tim's coffee. That's sacrilegious. So, so you supplemented your coffee with your Mountain Dew? Yeah, I'm just on the caffeine train now. Well, there's not that much caffeine in Mountain Dew, is there? Probably. Matthew Best. What? <laughs> oh, I get double. Caffeine I get, is the sugar. I get. Oh, that's okay. I'm a young man. Uh huh. Yeah. Diabetes likes the status update. <laughs> True. <laughs> one day I will have diabetes. One day. One day. Well. 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 The hockey season is upon us. That means we have to record more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and the Nashville Predators about to kick off their season against the Seattle Kraken. If you listen to Penalty Box Radio Live, that's apparently how I have to say it around Glenn is Kraken. I like it. It's it like Bond villain-esque. Intense. By the way, I did see James Bond. Me too. Oh, okay. I can add that to the agenda at the end of it. Okay. Wow. We have a movie to discuss that we yeah, both see now. I finally wow. went and saw a movie. Holy shit. All right. <laughs> Matias Ekholm signs a deal. And it's so funny how news breaks sometimes because obviously, like, Friedman, LeBron, break it out. And then you could tell the Predators, like, shit, we got to get an email out. Because as soon as it breaks on Twitter, all of a sudden, media advisory, major hockey announcement this afternoon. I'm like, well, I wonder what that is. <laughs> Can't be. <laughs> I mean, they could, they could have shocked us. And did something else. But what else could it have been the day before the season starts? But yes, Matthias Eklund signed to a four-year deal worth $25 million, 6.25 mil on uh, average value. And I know there's different takes depending on where you're at and where this team should be. My take on this is that the Preds are going to try to resign him anyways. Therefore, I'm not going to take the pathway that I know, for instance, like, James O'Brien, who's a friend of Penalty Boxer, we've had him on multiple times. He's like, they're just in denial. Yes, they're in rebuild denial. We know that. So I'm just going to take it as that, that they're in rebuild denial and that they're going to sign him, try to resign him anyways. Yep. That being the case, I like the deal. I love like the, the deal. Yeah, four years. It's not an overpayment. He easily would have had more money coming his way on the free market. Easily yeah. would have had more money coming his way. He wanted to stay in Nashville. He made it very well known. More well known than most free agents typically do. He's like, yeah, we built my, I built my family here. I have roots here. This is my home. I want to stay here. Yep. Make, let's make it happen before the season begins. And they did. So team-friendly deal, player-friendly deal, because he gets his raise, a much-deserved raise from what he's been making. But also, for the team, there is not a no-movement or a no-trade clause involved in it. So they can move him if they really do need to. I don't think that's going to happen in the first two years. 
It could change in the third or fourth year. We'll see where, where it's at. But this is not a, a deal that is going to make the Predators, I think, regret it because it's not like he's going to be over age by the end of it. He'll be 30, 35, 36. Yeah. I mean, by the end of the deal. The last couple of years probably won't be value like in terms of production right he'll be a third pairing yeah or i mean he still could be a pretty solid second pairing defenseman but you also have to think about the inflation of the salary cap when and if the world goes back to normal right so right that six ish million dollar deal ends up looking like retrograded to a four and a half for what that Mm -hmm. salary cap could be so that's the argument that i think a lot of people have is well it's going to be so bad at the end yeah but if the salary cap goes up, it's not the worst thing. Um, I think the one thing, too, about Matthias Ekholm signing is he made it clear, and it got leaked that he was not going to talk about his contract until, like, if the season started, that was it. He was going to shelf it. And I think David Poyle made a smart decision by going, yeah. yeah, F it. Let's just get it done. Let's sign him right now. Because if Ekholm goes out and has the same type of season that Matthias Ekholm has had throughout his career, then he's getting a raise. He's making $7-plus million on the open market. I think the give and take with Ekholm and Poyle was, okay, I'll sign for a good deal. You're giving me a full no movement. Like, that had to be the just give and take between the two. Um, in terms of how it relates to Philip Forsberg, Signing Forsberg's buddy is a great start to make amends after trading his buddies and getting rid of his buddies. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind that David Poyle saw this as like a way to get to Forsberg. It's a, it's a good start. They have a long way to go if they still want to get Philip on the team for the, for the foreseeable future. And honestly, the only thing that I think that could convince Forsberg is what the on ice product brings this year. That's it. Yeah, on ice product. And if, for instance, guys like Ellie Tolvanen, and Philip Tomasino, and Cody Glass show plenty of potential, and guys like Duchesne and Johansson produce with him, that's yeah. what's going to show him. It's like, okay, well, think magic can happen. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to be the favorite to win the Stanley Cup, but magic can happen if all those things go over well and Saros plays like Saros did overall at the end of last season. Can't maintain that for a whole season, but overall, but like what he did and shows that, just so, show signs that it's not a full rebuild is what Forsberg wants to see. That's going to be difficult. It's going to be yeah. very difficult. A lot of things have to go the right way that haven't necessarily gone the right way the past couple of seasons. Now, again, the Predators had a full training camp with John Hines for the first time. Let's think about this. I forgot who it was, but put it in perspective. I know it's getting close to the two-year mark, but Peter Laviolette was fired from this team last year. 2020. It was early 2020. That's weird. That's still last calendar year. And people have been calling for Heinz's head. Right. Now, which, I mean, is, it's been warranted at times, which is fine. Right. And and But I know it's perspective. Granted, it was January 2020, and we're getting close to closer to January 2022. But still, in a two-year period, John Heinz has not had a full training camp with this roster. So I'm curious to see. You know, that has been, like, my excuse, been one of my reasons, things like that. Let's see how things play out now with having some of these guys battle. It was a pretty darn good training camp in preseason, I think, for this squad because you did see guys battling. You saw young guys truly battling, making it a difficult decision for them. Now, Matthew Olivier getting hurt made it a little bit easier to make a decision Yeah, because <laughs> you get to put him on IR. But when he's healthy, you'll have to make a decision of who to send down uh, after that. And I know it's been talked about multiple times now. I mean, on Penalty Box Radio Live, we had Scott Nickel who is newly promoted assistant general manager of the Preds, even brought up Ren Pitlick. David Poyle has brought up Ren Pitlick on radio interviews. 
it is one of those things that I don't want to say he's going to haunt them, but I think they realized it was a bad decision at the time that if they just had held on two more days, they yeah. probably would have been able to keep him because other teams would have been strapped for their positions uh, as well. It works out for Minnesota that they had an injury that Pitlick gets to take that place in their opening night roster. And good for him to make an opening night roster, but it is one of those regrettable types of things because I still think there's plenty for Rem to give in the system as well. So that's the question marks that come into play. He's been right? so uh, slotted to be on a line with old Kevin Fiala too. Yeah. So of course, I, like it, this is all great for Rem if we're gonna rehash it real quick. But like, <laughs> it's good to see some ownership from the Pred side of things from them to like not fully recognize it and be like, yeah, we effed up, but but address to be, it to be like, yeah, we kind of. Mucked yeah, unfortunately, we lost Rem on waivers. Yeah. Like, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. you did. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> so, and then Afanasiev is one of those that obviously had a very good camp and was just, it's easier to send him down too because he doesn't have to clear waivers. Yeah. I mean, that's, that helps right there when you make those decisions. So, here's see what goes on there. All those things are going to go into play and what's going to happen with Philip Forsberg as the season progresses. Uh, and obviously, great that Matias Eklund got that deal done. Good for Scott and Nickel as well. The other news that happened this week for him to get that promotion. So there's three assistant general managers now for the club. Uh, Nickel, obviously, still the general manager of the Milwaukee Admirals. So he is plays a very key role with the development of prospects as also the director of player development as well. So he has three titles in the organization. He plays a big role in what's going on with the youth. So it's, it's neat to see him get that promotion. If there was... If there was what I would like to see happen with the future of this organization, I think Scott Nickel would be the one that's going to start making some headway into team building uh, for the for the future of this team. I know there's 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 Brian Poyle, there's Jeff Kelty. What could happen there? Kelty's position is more on the scouting side of things, but Nickel getting that general manager of an AHL team role, it's building him up pretty well to potentially be a GM in the National Hockey League on his own, and he's pretty young when you really think about it. He's pretty pretty young. Uh, in terms of go where his career is going. So we'll see where that heads. Yeah, it's always good to see, this is going to sound like shade, but non-Poil family members progressing throughout <laughs> the Nashville Predators system, especially younger people who've been there for like time to watch these pr- uh, prospects grow, to watch like players develop into their own. And like, play for the club. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the added bonus to just promoting from within instead of poaching from other teams. I think the only time you really want to poach from other teams is just your coaching staff. Unless you have like a Carl Taylor, then it's different. Then it's like, well, we got a good one in the wings here, but usually people will go to different teams and take their power play coach or take their penalty kill coach and be like, you are now a specialist Mm -hmm. on the team. You're an advisor. And it's like, yeah, I'm a glorified coach. It's nice. Yeah, of course. All right. So, Two nights down in the National Hockey League, and we've been able to see the product from ESPN and from <laughs> TNT here in the U.S. at least. I don't yeah. know. Why Why are you giggling? I, I got some problems. Well, I'm, everybody has problems. But what the thing that I want to bring up is that if I know there's going to be some things to figure out for these networks, but it is a wonderful change for me from NBC Sports. A wonderful change change to see things happening and let me start with tnt first Mm -hmm. because the way they're doing their shows is very similar to the nba it's so that i have no complaints about tnt so far with with the relaxation of of the host getting sir charles in there who by the way i'm sure if you watched or if you haven't watched or seen the tweets wore pecorini's equipment during his segment with With wayne gretzky yeah (laughs) So you're putting those two elements together. Charles Barkley is a big NHL fan. I remember when he was here 
in Nashville for the Stanley Cup final. And they're asking him who his favorite player was. He's like, Grant Fear, right next to Wayne Gretzky. Like, he's yeah. sitting right next oh, to Wayne Gretzky. Chuck's the man. That. I love so, Chuck. And that's what the NHL needs is personality like that, too, from his commentators. And it's the TNT product there. Let me let me say my thing before you go off, because I think we yeah. have different takes on this. But ESPN, the thing that got to me, and if you saw my tweet on Twitter, especially for the music behind the ESPN theme, and you see how they understood the importance of rehashing that theme and how it brought back memories for older players, <laughs> for a lot of fans, and it threw off some younger players. Like Seth Jones, come on, man. But just watching that six-minute segment about the theme, the ESPN theme, how it came to be, the, the bringing it back and the storytelling and, and the promotions. Yeah, I know there's going to be need to be some work in the in-game product, but the storytelling aspects of sport is why it's important for hockey to be on ESPN. Whether you like the network or not, because of decisions they've made or the way they've gotten involved in politics or not gotten involved in politics or anything like that, they are the worldwide leader in sports. They're on at every single bar. They're on at every single sports bar. They're on at every single restaurant that has a TV in their bar. That's not an actual sports bar, but just a bar with seating there. They're always on. A TV is on ESPN. And now hockey is going to be on at the most random bars across America almost every single night. There's going to be hockey on at random bars across the United States. That is big for the growth of the sport that we love. It is really big for it to be on there. The storytelling aspects of it. I don't recall seeing something that, like, hit the nostalgia parts. Yeah, NBC Sports did some good storytelling. They really did. But the production value behind storytelling that ESPN offers, when you think about the different types of things that they do when it comes to, like, outside the lines, all those types of things that they can produce, it's gonna, it's there, and you have people that are excited about hockey on that network now. Now the complaint, the big thing for me was the shot counter. Dear God, don't go the way of NBC Sports <laughs> and only do shot counter for a few seconds every period. TNT solved that problem. They had a shot counter up. Do that. There's going to be some things here and there that they're going to want to improve upon. But overall, you have actual programming for hockey before hockey night starts. You have plenty of commentators that are going to be talking hockey on this network. And, yeah, we've all made fun of it before, like ESPN hates hockey. Well, no, it wasn't necessarily that they hated hockey. And I've even been guilty of that. It's more of the product's not on their network, so why are they going to talk about it a lot? They have all these other things that they have huge contracts and deals with. They have a huge deal with the NHL now. Look what's happening. They're putting so much effort into talking about the sport. That's what's going to be big for the growth of this. And we're going to see so many kids from areas that we are not used to seeing develop have kids want to play the sport and grow up with the sport. So I think it's going to be cool. Now, Matt, you say your piece because I, I know you have some things to say well, we can build off that discussion. I'll go on the positive side of things first. I think it's fantastic, okay. like you said, that they'll actually be in bars and they'll be in like little restaurants. My only problem with that, and it's devil's advocate here, is okay. they, they won't be on on a Sunday. They won't be on on a Saturday. They won't be on on a Friday. They'll be on on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday. Well, in, the, in the winter, they will be on. True, on yes, yes, yes. But I mean, like... When there's football going on on a Thursday, Monday, and Sunday, hockey's not going to be up. When there's basketball going on, hockey's not going to be up kind of thing. Like, hockey will be like, oh, that's on too. We can put this on instead of rewatching the golf tournament that just happened. Like, that's where I think hockey will slot in. Uh, you can tell ESPN's also taking it seriously because on their website, no more than two years ago, the NHL tab was not at the top of the website. You had to go to, like, the triple dots and go down and be like, 
oh, NHL, it's now classified with, there's like tennis, F1, G League, WWE, rugby, racing. It's like, that's where they put hockey. And it's no disrespect to the other sports, but when you talk about the big four core sports, hockey is one of them. Um, The only things I truly, 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 truly hated about the ESPN broadcast, number one, (laughs) first and foremost, get the hell away from that stupid camera angle that isn't the traditional broadcast one. It, like, if you're a traditional hockey fan and a team goes on the power play and they give you the overhead weird moving cam or the behind-the-back cam or behind-the-net cam and you're watching the team on offense, or you're, you're literally sitting up in your chair going, get the hell off this camera. Like, it's it's cool to be different every once in a while. It's not cool to just mess up something that's working. Like That's what they have to work on. Yeah, They're going to have to like, tweak that a little bit. Put it up for three to four to five to six seconds. Sure. Like, flash it as they're entering the zone kind of thing or if they're stuck in the zone, sure. On face-offs, that, that's, getting your, that's your interesting okay. angles. Yes, but when a team is on like a five-on-three and you show me that stupid angle and there's a goal, <laughs> I don't care about that whatsoever. Um, the ticker's ugly. The ticker's abysmal. Like, I just don't think it looks good. Uh, and if we're being selective too, like the company I work for, their ticker, like Sportsnet's ticker at the bottom, that sucks too. And I'll say that, like, there's no bias here. Just give me something clean. Don't clutter it too much. However, I will give them kudos for not going the Bally Sports way and giving me a bottom mm-hmm. score bug. That's just ass. Um, <laughs> TNT, on the other hand, well, no, actually, let me finish my ESPN thought here. Uh, you were talking about like how their production is so good. They're going to kill storytelling, like in a good way. They're going to kill it. Uh, 30 and 30s, ESPN. The Last Dance, ESPN. Like all these fantastic to just little digestible things all come from ESPN instead of like a TSN where they'll give you a cool feature once a month. I think the way ESPN is going to succeed and draw people into hockey is more of these features, whether they're a half hour feature or a six minute feature or a two minute teaser kind of thing. That's how they'll get people in. Because they have to fight with TNT, who has the personalities. And right. when you can get Biz Nasty, regardless if you like or hate uh, Schmarstool, uh, like Biz Nasty's an entertainer. I, I enjoy Biz Nasty, the person, when he is not associated with schmucks. That's when Biz right. is cool. Like, And when he's on TNT with all those guys, the chemistry's there because he's a likable guy. He just works for a shitty company. That's the only problem <laughs> where you have Charles Barkley, like you said, strapping on Pekka's pads. You have Wayne Gretzky there looking happy and comfortable for once. And like, not coaching, thank God. And not coaching or making decisions. <laughs> like that's all you really need, and they just need to keep that momentum going. It can't be a this is day one of the hockey season, so we're just going to have fun and then throw all of this into the abyss after no it has to be a consistent effort otherwise nobody's going to give a shit about hockey in the states i mean up here in canada you could legitimately put i could go to a local high school and be like you go on the mic and talk about hockey and people will just go yeah i'll still watch that like that's how crazy people are for hockey here because we don't have the options usually of baseball being on tv basketball being on tv or football being on tv or college being on tv it's just hockey 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 and people say like Canada's not that serious into hockey it's ridiculous how serious they are into <laughs> hockey and if you're not you're subscribed to like DAZN or you're just subscribed to just Sportsnet now just getting different things like hockey is first and foremost here and it's absolutely insane now let's remember as well too ESPN's owned by the mouse mm-hmm. so that also means they got that money. Big, well they have money 
but more so the fact that we're going to see big games later on in the season on national TV, like true national TV of ABC. Yeah. There are going to be games there. Like that, yes, they would put games at NBC before, but now when you have a conglomeration of network like this, you're going to have games on ESPN. You're going to have games on ESPN Plus plenty because it replaces NHL TV. But also be on an ABC is going to be big as well, too, because I think they're going to give it more clout when it comes to things because you're going to have ABC with NBA and hockey. I mean, that's that's big just for the network in terms of sports because it becomes more of a hub. I mean, NBC messed up. They really messed up big time because they didn't put enough effort into into hockey because it could grow. It is a, it's a, still a fast growing sport. You think about all the major markets that have hockey and potentially could have have hockey. If hockey gets into Houston, that is a huge TV market. Yep. In Houston, it's a huge population center as well for the United States, one of the largest cities in the U.S. So it's continuing to grow. That's why it's important for the product. And it's just for me, I want to see the sport grow. I want to see more people be involved in the sport. I want to see more people appreciate the sport and the storytelling behind the sport, because you think about all the different layers of hockey. There's so many layers and every sport has it. There's so many layers and stories to tell in the sport that haven't gotten told as much as other sports, as baseball, as basketball, as football. There's more stories to tell when you have a company like ESPN involved that has the talent to tell those stories too. It's not just the money, but you have people that are good at video production. You have people that are good at interviews, good at questions, good at asking the right questions to pull the right things out for a story. That's where it comes from. It's not just the money behind it too. It's the people in production that can do the right production value to tell a good story. That's going to help grow the sport and tell those stories that haven't been told before. Maybe they've been told, but haven't gotten enough clout from it either. That's what's going to be important to me. Like the history books kind of thing. For instance, last night, and this isn't even a history book. It's just a cool story. Brian Boyle scored a goal on the same day he signed a contract after being on a PTO. To put that in perspective, and he didn't play last year. To put that in perspective, like. Pick your wily NBA vet, make him sit out a season, and then have him come to camp on a tryout. But make this vet someone that you know, kind of. Like an Andre Iguodala. And he just goes away for a year, comes back, and goes, yeah, I'll try out for this team. Iguodala wouldn't have to try out. I'm fully aware of that. But then has like a 35-point night in his first game back, the day he signs a contract. That's close to leading ESPN. That's like Sports Center. That's close to leading the top of all these highlight shows. But just because it's hockey and Brian Boyle did it, it's a cool niche story where one and I'd say every like 20 to 30 people, just people who, in general, not sports fans, would go, I know who Brian Boyle is. A lot of hockey fans, eh, no, actually a lot of people know who Brian Boyle is. I won't go that far. But he's it, a journeyman. So. Yeah, he's a journeyman. He's a good all around guy. He's had a kick ass story. Um, it's just, you ask someone like, do you know who Maurice Rocket Richard is? And it's like, no. And then you go like, do you know who Bill Russell is? And they're like, yeah, I know who Bill Russell is. Right. I'm not saying that hockey players should be held in the same regard as like legendary basketball players or football players, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's a shame that they're not held in those conversations more often. Or like when you compare someone doing something great in real life, it's like, oh, you're the LeBron James of this. You'll right. never hear, like, you're the Wayne Gretzky of this. You'll Unless never you're hear. In Canada. Right. And, like, you won't hear any of those, like, phrases just because hockey's never really gotten that love other than like, here in Canada. Like, Matt Best is the Wayne Gretzky of moose rubbing. 
uh, hey, you have to rub moose. You have to. Or drink <laughs> Tim's all the time, or you just don't become a Canadian. Those two, those toonies aren't going to earn themselves. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> all right, so bold predictions. We, we I did the segment with, with Glenn, but I know you will have a, some bold predictions, especially looking at things in general for the Hockey League and as well for Pension for the Preds. Oh, Let me give mine, which one of the... the Two of them are the same. They're not necessarily bold or hot taken or anything like that, but just things I think will happen. And it's going to be a repeat for those of you listening to PBR Live. But the Vegas Golden Knights will lose in the first round of the playoffs. Wow. Okay. Vegas is trending down. They're still pretty good. I know they are, but they're going to get beat by the wild card from the Central. Would you? Did you have this prediction before the Kraken played them close last night? I mean, I just thought of it. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. I mean, it, it's one game. I'm not going to base my prediction off of one game anyways. Okay. It's just that they're trending down. They they were all in to start their career as a franchise. And when you go all in, you, you have to pay for it. There are repercussions for your actions, and they've already experienced some of that with where they've not been able to resign, trades they've had to make, things like decisions they've had to make to get rid of guys, things like that. So that's, that's one of my predictions because the Pacific's weak already. Yeah, Pacific's so kind of poo-poo. Yeah, they'll run the division, but they'll they'll lose to the, the the wild card coming from the central. That's how it's going to stack up. They'll end up playing the wild card that's based out of the central. I like that. Okay, I'm all right with that. Hit me with your other one. My other one is out of the young players on the Nashville Predators, Luke Cunning will lead them in goals. Who's going to have twenty plus? Who are we classifying as young? Tolvanen, Tomasino, Glass. Ooh, so you do think he has more than Tolvanen. Okay. I think Tolvanen will probably be like 18, 19, and, more, and at least 75% will be on the power play. Wow. See, I the only thing for me is Tolvanen's going to be on that first unit, and Cunnan's going to be on the second, so I think Tolvi might have the edge there for goals. Yeah, but five on five. And we, we did say bold predictions. That is a bold one. It's not stupid yeah, but, by but, any but means. It's not, it's but it's not a hot take because no. Cunnan has played in the league longer. He's primed for something like that because of what he was able to do in Minnesota before when he was young, and it's been some weird seasons now. And he was, I liked what I saw out of him in the preseason. He was playing a physical game where you can muck it up a little bit mm-hmm. and get some dirty goals is what I think a lot of it's going to attribute to. And Plus, I think him with Glenland is going to pair really well. Yeah. I think it's going to pair really, really well for him. And even Tolvanen. I mean... I think that's good. I think that could be a very fun line to watch because you have good youth on either side of Mikael Glenwood. So I like that. So I'll say they're kind of bold, not brash or anything like that, but it's something that I think could, could it's realistic. It's not a hot take. No, I try to classify it as no, but that, okay. I like that. I don't know which prediction to do first. I'm just pulling up a stat real quick so I can see <laughs> if I'm out to lunch or not. Yeah. Okay. Um, my Predators prediction is Philip Forsberg scores 30 goals again, 30-plus in a season. Guy's hungry for a contract. He's going to go out and do it. He hasn't scored 30 goals since the 2016-2017 season, so wow. I'm allowed to use this one. He got to 28 in 2018-19, and then in 2019-20, 21 goals. Uh, and I'll add to that. I think 30-plus goals at about a career-high shooting percentage. Uh, his career high is 14.53 over 67 games in the 17-18 season. We'll go career high in shooting percentage, and we're going to go cr- not career high in goals, just 30-plus. My league-wide prediction, this is tough because I'm looking at like the futures right now for a lot of these 
clubs and it's just like I don't I, I only bet on two teams to win the Stanley Cup and usually I'll sprinkle like four or five mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite values was the Flyers at 31 to one and I'm an idiot and I do this with the Leafs every year so I did it at 12 to one um, there's Cole Caulfield doesn't win the Calder Trevor Zegris does there's okay. my bold prediction because I let's go look at the best rookie lines Caulfield is three to one Zegris is six to one so it's two times there basically um Ooh, no, that's not that's not the bold. That's just dumb. I was gonna say the Red Wings will have a twenty-five plus goal score. Okay, calm down. But uh, I, they they very well could. They, okay, they could. Lucas they Raymond could. is on the top okay, line. Yeah, okay, He's yeah, going to true. get some like run there. That's true. Phil Jardina is gonna get another full season in the NHL. Like All that right. that team has offense. It's just. They have zero depth. They have support, zero they have goaltending, no and their defense is just parts and pieces. Like, it's, what was the whole? What's what's with them getting rid of Bobby Ryan? I I, I, I don't. I thought they would have like kept him around for like veteran like leadership. just resign for another year. Here you go, have it like stick cheap. around with us. Yeah, cheap. Yeah. Instead, do you have odd ducks? And, and another thing, do you think James Neal lasts in St. Louis the entire season? Yes. Okay. He, he seems like a St. Louis kind of player. Where it's, you know how each team has like an MO, like the yeah. Islanders are always like a defensive kind of player. Wait, so team. which Predator is he going to injure? Okay, that, <laughs> I don't That's know That's fair. That is fair. Uh, <laughs> he slotted... Just based on the reaction I got of you're like, okay, well. Well, right. yeah, that, <laughs> I think just Neil fits that where the Blues like to have like a protector on each line or a dude who's not afraid to get to the mucky areas. And Neil kind of fits that. And they have Braden Shen on a line. Like the Ryan O'Reilly, Dave Perone, Brendan Zad, Ursad uh, line right. is each one has an archetype. The Blues have an archetype. The Islanders have an archetype. The Leafs have an archetype. The Preds, I don't know what they're doing. So I can't really give them an archetype. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, those are my bold predictions. Okay. Did no, you have any, I, did I you have so. any favorites that we got sent? I liked a lot of them. Yeah, let's, let's. Let's let's go through them a little bit. Let's go through. Well, this was really funny. Uh, Rage and Honky. <laughs> the, oh, well, that didn't the, age well. That was a good one. Forsberg <laughs> scores thirty plus this year. There you go. I like that. But yeah, doesn't finish but the season as a friend. Neither, neither does neither does at home. There's <laughs> another one uh, from Chris Arnold. Stars losing Canucks miss the playoffs, and either the Kings or Kraken make it in. I can see I can... the Canucks missing. Yeah, I can see the Blues missing. I don't see the stars missing. I don't see the stars missing, not just with the way the West is laid out. Yeah. Uh, the Kings or Kraken make it in? I'd put way more money on the Kings making it in compared to the Kraken. Well, but the Pacific's so weak, that's why I think they could squeak in. It is. I think that's one where it's like you not you can't toss a coin, but it's right. not going to be that close. I mean, betting odds have Kraken and the Kings at 51-1 to 1 to win the Cup, so they haven't projected to be like the same like standing right. in the NHL. Uh, by the way, the Preds are sixty-one to one, meaning the books think they're worse than the Kraken, worse than the Can- mm-hmm. uh, Canucks, worse than the Blackhawks, worse than the Devils, worse than the Bl- uh, Blues, which I get. <laughs> but I think sixty-one to one is kind of disrespectful. <laughs> well, they, they got to earn it. Okay, how about this? Uh, both Soros and Yossi are eighteen to one odds to win the respective position trophies, the Vezina and the Norris. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I would put way more money on Soros than Yossi. I would too. Like I would too. Nor the Norris is 
It's harder for a defenseman to stay consistent their whole year at an elite level compared to a goalie running hot for two months and then being average right. for the rest. Like Roman Yossi has to put out points every single night if he wants to be considered. He, like he's got to contend with Kale McCarr. He's got to contend with Victor Hedman. He's got to contend with um, all these different types of offensive defensemen where the team utilizes them as like a first or second option. Whereas on the Preds, he's not a first or second option. He's an opportunistic scorer, but he's not going to be um, John Hines' go-to guy or the trigger man. All right, here's another one from Robert Martin. Tanner Janot gets 15-plus goals. Believe it or don't believe it? No. He's not going to get the ice time to do it. I think Tanner Janot, a good season for him would be 10 to 12 goals. Yep. My line would be 12 and a half, and I'd take the under. Man, we're we're in we're in sync there. We are. That is, I like. I looked at that one. Fifteen plus goals means he's getting like a good amount of ice time. Well, well here's the thing. Remember, if injuries happen, you could see him on the power play. Yeah, for 100%. As, as a net front as a net front presence. Especially. But I, I think he'll get bumped down that pecking order if a Cody Glass does well, if yes. a Philly Tomasino yeah, does well. Like Tanner Janot wasn't supposed to do what he did last year. Right, but that's always going to be in the back of their minds now. Whereas Cody Glass, you're supposed to score. We're going to put you on the power play. Tomasino, you're supposed yeah. to score. We're going yep. to put you on the power play. So he'll get a crack eventually, I think. If the Preds run into a rough, when they run into a rough patch and the power play dies, he'll get a crack because they'll like to change things up. So that's how. Yeah, I agree. He'd get his opportunity to score 15. All right, Vincent says Tomasino will be a Calder finalist. Believe it or not. What are we considering a finalist? Top. Top three. I just think the I rookies. I, say no. I just think the rookies are too good this year. There, Co- there's so many like natural rookie talents. Out Caulfield, Zegras, Spencer Knight. Oh yeah. Uh, if Quentin Byfield's not out long term, Byfield, Marco Rossi with the Wild, I love Drysdale with the Ducks, Bowen Byram, our guy Lucas Raymond. Like it's gonna be tough because he has he doesn't have the supporting cast to help no. him be a Calder finalist, and he's that's, not going to have. Thing the ice time or the opportunity compared to these guys. Zegers is top line. Caulfield's top line. Spencer Knight's starting. Uh, Drysdale's going to be a top four kind of guy. Raymond's on the top line. Bowen Byron's going to have a prominent role with the uh, avalanche. All right. Peyton says, as he said in the Predator way, another penalty box reader products. Make sure you give that a listen. Uh, Matt Duchesne gets 20, 25 goals. I like it. Matt Duchesne. I think it's fair. Like, we have shit on Matt Duchesne more than well, enough everyone times. has. Yeah, and it's it's warranted because he's kind of been not the greatest player in his tenure. Um, but he started to look damn good towards the end of the season. Not like his money worth, but he started to look like, yeah, you could play top six again and you could be a player. Remember last year when we were on the other network, we were talking about like where we think Matt Duchesne should be in the lineup. And we were both like, probably third line. Like, third line center, that's where he deserves to be. Now you ask me, I'm cool with the triple stack on the top line. Like, that's that's fine with me. Give him the run because he looked like a guy who was starting to come alive last year to, in that, like, playoff run that they were trying to salvage together. Uh, I, I'm good with it. 20 to 25. Give me the 20 way more than the 25. I'd set the over-under at 19 and a half and then take the over. All right. And then <laughs> uh, how about this one? Let's see from our good buddy, Kyle. Who? Matt will get a tattoo of Austin Matthews on his chest. And Justin Bradford will become the official name announcer for the press. 
Why do I get the shit end of the stick on this one? <laughs> well, see, it's because it's you. That's uh, true. I mean, Matthews is already hurt, so it's not going to be happening. No tattoos on my chest. Also, not making any bets this year that have to do with me getting jerseys or anything like that. Also, can't wait to get Cat a Captain Harper jersey either. Very excited for that. Oh, boy. Oh, I have news. Uh-oh. Kyle and I bought tickets for the stadium series. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we are going. We I just have to figure out a flight. Um, I've looked at a few places today, so I'll, I'll be there. We we got pretty Can't decent. Can't you just, like, drive to Buffalo and fly to there? How much cheaper would that be? The border's opening next month. Well, but seriously, it might be cheap. Like, Southwest might have a good deal. All right, let's, let's look real quick. Do you book off the... Do you use third-party booking sites, or do you book right off, like who you're using no you you book off who you're using especially for airfare i've always used expedia don't because if yeah but you get those expedia bucks you get points with an airline dumbass yeah but then i gotta stay loyal to the airline they're not always the cheapest the thing is see (laughs) no when you're booking with a third party and something goes wrong then it's on the third party yeah not on the airline you just buy the insurance you, you know how often things go wrong in travel nowadays? So often. All right. We're searching yeah. right now. Buffalo That's why you, that's why you don't book with a third party for hotels either. You book directly. This ain't cheap. Oh, this ain't bad. 188 if I fly at night. Okay. So 188. Let's just punch that in. Business <laughs> select. No, you want to do... Want to get away is the rate that you want. Want to get... Ooh, $98. Oh, $98. I got to he... change... Folks, Duh. you can tell he's Canadian. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> he has no idea how Southwest works. I use Expedia. I'm a schmuck. You are a schmuck. <laughs> 11.35 in the morning. I had to wake my ass up for that. Did you just say 11.35 in the morning? Uh, yeah, if I'm leaving the day after the stadium series, you know how hard it's going to be to wake up? Wow. 5.55 p- Actually, no, I'd, I'd like to get home at a decent time. Wah. Where? Two stops. Two stops? <laughs> I thought there was a direct flight to Buffalo, is there not? No, these are all stops. Oh, which is fine. Well. So it would be like 300 American. That's not bad. It's not bad. I can mess with that. I mean, uh, nah, well, the Expedia It would be like, what, 500 or something uh, to yeah, fly out of Toronto? The super fun Expedia ones I was, I was seeing are like 400-ish Canadian, so. Oh, boy. Okay. And all right. Well, the Expedia bucks. Yeah, Expedia bucks, sure. Like those mean so much. All right, <laughs> not that bad. Matt and I finally both saw a movie on its opening weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no time to die. So spoilers ahead. If you intend to see No Time to Die, I think this is more specific audience because it's not Marvel, it's not Star Wars, it's not things like that. James Bond, but it is. It's James Bond, and I will go see every James Bond movie whenever they come out. It's just that's the way it's going to be. I forgot to look up. How long it was. <laughs> I almost pissed my pants. I like It is a long movie, folks. I peed two times before the movie, once at my girlfriend's, the other time at the movie theater. And then when the movie started, like before it started, I was like, Oh, I gotta pee, but the movie's about to start. I checked my phone and I was like, This is nearly three hours long. Yeah. Hour into the movie, I'm like fidgeting in my seat. Already? I, I have the smallest bladder ever. Anyone who knows me knows that for okay, a fact. Okay. I it's awful when I go drink because I need to pee all the time. 
Uh, then Cop- RIP your bladder at the stadium series. Yeah, I we don't have aisle seats either because I wasn't going to shovel out money for that. But after a little bit, like if I drink a few <laughs> beers and then pee like four or five times, I'm good then. My bladder's like, okay, we'll be good to oh. you. Oh, just got to stretch it out. Just got to stretch it out with pee. <laughs> with pee. So No Time to Die, the final installment for this set of, of for Daniel Craig. And I will say... I know Jeremy Gover, good friend. He's always so tough on movies. It's like he doesn't want to enjoy movies sometimes. <laughs> like he gave it a C. What? And I would give this one a solid B plus. Where do you rank this in your Daniel Craig James Bonds? I rank this. I'd rank this number two. Me too. Behind Casino Royale. Exactly. Yes. What's yes. No, what's number five? Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Yeah, that one's kind of piss. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. 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 But I, but see what I enjoyed about No Time to Die was I enjoyed the fan service. Yes. Because it's the send-up and we've been waiting for so long for this movie too. So the nostalgia and fan service meant so much more because we've been waiting for freaking ever. Yeah, when to it, see it this got movie. delayed by a year and everyone's like, ah. By a year. And so we've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for this. But the fan service with the music, with the single shot with this, so many little things that, that, that you've seen, the villain was very James Bond-esque because it was not realistic whatsoever. Yes. And I love that. Uh, and R- Rami Malek is so good at doing weird. He's so creepy. He's so good at creepy. I wish, He's so, so good at creepy. My problem is I wish he was in it for longer. Like, I wish, oh, yeah. he, I wish he got introduced earlier somehow. But, like, that scene where he goes, I forget her name, into her office... And oh, like yeah. shows her the mask and is being all weird about that. Like oh, that's yeah. that's spine shivering kind of stuff. Like that's that's terrifying. The ending also <laughs> broke my heart. I was so sad. I know, and I I didn't expect James Bond to get a happy ending, but I was like, could he just please? I mean, he has a kid. Yeah. As soon as I saw the kid come in, I was like, it's like, oh no. I was like, he's dying. That's it. And the kid was freaking adorable too. Yes. So before the adorable. movie too, I just typed in when I was looking up the runtime. One of, you know how when you Google something, the news results pop up? Yeah. One of them was, no time to die will leave fans shaken and stirred. <sighs> and as soon as I saw that, I was like, it's either going to be really good or he's probably going to die. And then I saw right? the kid and I was like, he's dead. That's it. Like, he's he's not going to be there. I, I definitely enjoyed seeing some Jeffrey Wright. Yep. And there as well. I mean, also known as Watu the Watcher mm-hmm. <laughs> from What If, if you know you've been watching it. <clears throat> not yet. All right. Uh, and then also, I mean, this this is my dude coming out, but Bond girls, man. <laughs> the I, I, I Anna uh, Diarmas. I was about to say Anna Diarmas. I said to my girlfriend after the movie, I was like, I wish she was in it for longer. And then I was like, okay, <laughs> I was allowed to say that. Um, but Leia Sadu as well. She kicked all sorts of ass. Like, oh yeah, yeah. It was. It was so good. I wish Naomi I Harris. A... I wish Naomi oh, Harris yeah. was in it for a little longer because mm-hmm. I thought in the last few movie movies as her as Money Penny. I was like, she's gonna right. have a big role to end out this whole thing. And then nope. And then nothing. And I wanted more Q because Q's hilarious. Oh yeah, I I thought it was well done. I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it's not one of those things where I'm like, oh yeah, it was fun. Like Venom, Let There Be Carnage was just a fun, dumb movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one had aspects of James Bond, and for me, it's the music. When when they went into more of the classic 
I was like, oh yeah, give it to me. <laughs> all those, I'm gonna clip all that. Those little things. <laughs> oh yeah, that's gonna be my yeah. text tone. Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> but but I enjoyed the film. I got I thought it was a good proper send off. And I, at times I felt like it was dragging it out, but I wanted it to be dragged out. Like I wanted to like stretch the story a little bit more to where they're giving him a proper send off because now it'll be a few years before we have the next iteration of it. And what I liked what they did here more than what they did in the, the Pierce Brosnan area. We, we didn't see this, Those this era. Sucked. But I grew up with them. True. And that's why I have an attack. And plus the best video game came the from Golden Eyes so good. Yeah, so there's a, there's a reason for the connection. But it, this had some of the campy humor in it as well. Like, oh, it was mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, like that right there. I was like, <laughs> I love it. Like, it was so stupid. It's funny in terms of the script writing. But they actually had a James Bond film that was tying in things to previous films. Like they had been actually building a cinematic universe for James yes. Bond, and we have not seen that. It's like everyone's been a separate movie with the same characters. Like, yeah, Q is always Q, and M was M. It's just like another that. mission that kind right, of like feels mission. like it exists in a different universe. This had bigger stakes because it was a tie-in. Yeah. You had bigger stakes with things because you had to actually remember some things. And nowadays, as we see with Marvel. And even like so many other things where they're building a universe is people are wanting overall, I think, stakes. Yeah. And in this with your characters and plot building. Now, if they do one offs and everything, if they go back to new one offs, I'm fine with that as well. I'm just saying I enjoyed how they brought in some stakes into this to where the characters had something that were they had to die for. Yeah. There was something to die for was a build up to this as well. So that's why I enjoyed the movie. I went out with my buddy today for sushi and he brought up a really interesting point because we were talking about the James Bond movies and I was we were like ranking them and he put Casino Royale pretty down there. And I was like <gasps> I was like why? And he's like cuz there was like it just felt kind of random like that had nothing to do with anything. So his argument was like he liked the tie-in of all the other movies, but I was like you don't have that tie-in without Casino Royale setting the stage. But I totally get the argument because Casino Royale, like as much as I love that movie, the poker scene's a bit long. I get that. Yeah. It's also 2006, and some of the acting's not the greatest, but it's a damn good movie. Like you don't need that movie. Kind of shows you that in a big action movie like that, all those years ago, you don't need all the special effects. You just need right. to start the story and kind of just like get it going, kind of thing. But I do understand the argument of Casino Royale isn't that great. But I'm not on that side. It's number one for me. No Time to Die is close at number two. Not like it's not a big gap, but it's it's close. And I was talking before we wrap up here, talking with uh, Cameron Gumpy, a good friend, Penny Box Radio, play hockey with him and everything too. If you're listening, Gumpy, hey buddy. <laughs> but but for the casting for the next James Bond, I know pe people would just lose it if it was a uh, Idris Elba. But I would prefer them go with someone younger. And unproven that they feel fits the role that will grow into the role even more. Yeah. That is, he was going to get five or six movies in to where they're not in like their 50s by the yeah. time they get to it. Start someone out that is in like their upper 20s. Yeah. Potentially as well. And I'd like to see that too. So that this is becomes their role that they own the role instead of getting somebody to come in that has name value with them. Get somebody you think really fits the role that is newer to the scene, newer to, newer to movies. I'd love to see that as well. I think that would be a fun way to take this role too, because that's the way you introduce them and make them get into bigger roles Dan is by being the next James Bond. Daniel Craig, I just did the math real quick. If you're watching on YouTube, you saw my calendar on part of the screen. Oops. Um, I uh, 
he was 38 when he started the series. Mm-hmm. He's now 53. Yeah. Like, I think that's about the oldest you want to go when you're casting the new James Bond. It would be perfect if you could get someone, like, early 30s so you could show them aging kind of thing and mm-hmm. just get, like, the weathered look to them. Because Daniel Craig kind of already looked weathered when he started the series. But I guess that's okay because you're, just a su- you're a super spy and you're kicking ass all the time kind of thing. So you're going to look like you've got the shit kicked out of you a few times. <laughs> but, no, I'm on board with bringing someone younger and unproven because prior to these James Bond movies, I really didn't know who Daniel Craig was. Right. And now, like, I make it a point if he's in something, I'll go and try and watch it. Like, that's I think he's a great actor. He's a lot of fun. He is. All right, folks. Well, let us know your thoughts on James Bond and make sure you're tweeting at Matt of what movie you want him to catch up on and see. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like Shang-Chi. Hey, Big one. I went and saw a movie. You and did. I'm the, very happy for the you. The only reason, too, that I saw it is my girlfriend was listening to the podcast. She's like, so you want to see James Bond? And I was like, <gasps> I was like, I was never going to ask you because you've seen zero James Bond films. <laughs> and then I showed her a nine-minute recap. I was like, here, just watch this and prepare for it and ask me any questions. And she enjoyed it as someone who didn't see any of the other movies. So, Well, Shang-Chi will be on Disney Plus November 12th. But I really, really prefer you don't wait that long. Because I mean, we're going to have to talk already, about it. I've already waited this long. I know. And then Eternals comes out right, at, right around then, too. Okay, I can I can try. And then a month later, Spider Man. That I'll go see that in theaters. Don't you worry. Yeah, but don't you think you should probably see the two before it? I will. <laughs> Just. <laughs> I'm gonna keep giving you a hard I'll time make here. an I'll make a conscious effort. A uh, conscious effort. There you go, folks. Triple P podcast underscore on Twitter. He's at Best of Matt. I'm at Justin B Bradford. As always, we love it when you interact with us. Interact with us. Sorry, I drink half a beer on You're a week. Gone. Can't happening. wait for the stadium series. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks very much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time, which will be we'll be recording on Friday. So we'll have our thoughts on opening night against the Kraken. <laughs> Bye.